Welcome back to our weekly podcast shift where each week we navigate a shift in ideologies methodologies and consequences with regards to a particular topic we hope to begin a conversation on various topics that you dear listeners will continue on our instagram page at @shift hello everyone thank you for tuning in to shift I'm Daya Ambirajan and I will be exploring the continually shifting idea of democracy on the internet. Earlier this year, when I read about the new intermediary rules resulting from the reading down of section 79 of the IT Act that will be spoken about later in the podcast, I was quite alarmed. My first reaction when I heard the news was by making social media and OTT platforms directly responsible for the content posted on them and thus forcing them to be more stringent about regulating content. Isn't the government introducing a new means of censorship to these platforms and the internet in India in general? Increased censorship calls into the question the idea that the internet is a democratic space. So seeing these laws as they are now as a threat to democracy on the Indian internet was not an unfair assumption for me to make. In my podcast, I wanted to further explore these laws and through this exploration try and scope out the past, present and future of democracy on the internet. with specific reference to india with me i have anandita mishra and rohin garg who are legal counsel at internet freedom foundation to give more insight on how exactly to think about these laws from a democracy point of view so i thought i would start off the discussion with um the recent well relatively recent um intermediary rules that kind of gathered a lot of um, public outrage this year earlier this year if i heard right iff had represented tm krishna in, in a court case against these laws but i personally was unable to find any sort of resolution to this case so is it still going on and can you like just tell me a bit more about it uh, of course so we did represent tm krishna in the madras high court uh, the proceedings currently are ongoing right it hasn't concluded However there has been an interim order which basically reiterated what the Bombay High Court has already said so if you look at the leaflet case in the Bombay High Court there was a stay that was ordered through an interim order on the operation of rule 9 like intermediary rule right and to give you a background that basically deals with the ethics code which is there to govern you know the OTT platform and digital media mm-hmm. organizations basically so the rules 9 and 91 and 93 those are the ones which have been stayed by the madras high court in tm krishna to an interim model which is currently in operation right the next hearing is later this month so you oh. know the final hearing may take place then other than that in tm krishna the court although hasn't really you know commented on the intermediary part of the rules that is part 2 right uh, they haven't held anything but they have made sort of you know certain observations saying that they may be problematic but right. that is something the court is yet to hear on and you know yet to decide on right so can you talk a bit more about this um rule 9 and why exactly that was stayed uh, okay so 93 rule 93 basically you know provides for a mechanism that is used for regulation of 
that will be used for the regulation of any content that they posted on OTTs or used by say digital news media, right? So it talks about three levels. The first level is self-regulation by publishers. Okay. The second is by a self-regulating body of different public, uh, publishers coming together, different organizations, right? And the third is the oversight me mechanism by the central government. Now, if you look at level two, level two is something that already consists of a retired judge. Right. And they will be somebody who at level two, you know, will be looking at matters. And three comes from, I mean, the executive, right? Central government. Yeah. So there'll be members of the executive. So, yeah. Without making any adverse remarks yet, because the final uh, order is yet to come, the court did sort of indicate that the fact that the government is overseeing something that is very subjective to be decided, the things that are there in the ethics code are things like, you know, you cannot put out something that they obscene. This is something that has to be decided by a judicial mind yeah. and not by the government. So this is over-delegation to the government. I see. Therefore, they have fixed as of now. Yeah. Yeah, so related to this um, and bringing it back to democracy, can you share some light on the government's priorities with regards to democracy on the internet and are there any like existing laws that specifically mention, uh, you know, internet, uh, I mean, like social media regulation? So I think we, uh, intermediary guidelines are where are the primary source of regulation for these uh, social media platforms. Uh, and of course, there are some, I mean, some other minor provisions of the IT Act that may apply to them, but on the whole, it, it stems from the safe harbor provision that's provided to them. And uh, I think there have been recent media reports about, uh, you know, the government wanting to bring in a new law actually to regulate uh, social media platforms specifically. If you look at the actual IT rules, they came about at a very curious time. And what happened was that they had conducted some, some basic uh, consultations around these new rules, uh, superseded 2011 rules, I think in, in, in uh, sometime in 2020, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, but those consultations were not very comprehensive. They focused a lot on industry and I don't think they opened up to, to the larger public. Prakash uh, Javadekar had sometime, I think, in, in October or November 2020, made some comments uh, to the, which, which basically said, okay, yeah, we're coming up with something. And then I think we must move forward to February 2020, right. where, you know, after 2020 Republic Day, there were a lot of accounts that were suddenly blocked on Twitter uh, in response to certain requests from the mighty and it a lot of them seem to be a lot of them were prominent politicians or prominent activists and all, all of them were related to the to, to several sort of farmers movements and i think at that point there was a lot of back and forth between twitter and the government because the twitter twitter yeah. finished blocking those accounts distort those accounts and i think at, even if they weren't these letters weren't made public there was a lot of significant amount of back and forth between twitter and, and the government and I think it's in this context that you have to see the government bringing in these IT rules where they had this sort of moment where, you know, it seemed that what, what in my view would be the government's excessive sort of need to curb down on, on free speech had been overturned by, by of course, private companies, not necessarily precedent. But then they introduced these IT rules, they're notified uh, and 
that's not really a big surprise that soon after that Twitter had to fall in line. There was some back and I think some sort of not even back and forth. Basically, they they tried to sort of skirt the guidelines by appointing someone who was not necessarily in India uh, to to be one of the officers needed required under the rules to become okay. grievance officer. But then then that didn't take, and then ultimately they had to fall in line. So I think the government's position is very clear that they they want a strong sort of grip on uh, India's social media platforms, and that's also probably why they're bringing in this new law. Oh, or they, 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 or at least, at least on the basis of media reports. Right. So you said you said something about a different law. Was this the new um, intermediary law? News no, no. I'm talking about law? something I read like like I think within the last two three days ago. The underlying argument itself makes sense, which is that you know social media platform intermediaries are now a very big part of our daily life. Yeah. And to compare them to say any sort of other utility, they need to be regulated. Now, in and of itself, that's a good sort of principle. The danger, of course, other people, I think, I remember someone else in that article that I read also pointed out, is that the government would go too far and, you know, provide itself these sort of uh, backdoor, uh, not even necessarily backdoor, really, but these paths to override a lot of what we call independent, uh, the independence of these, these in, uh, intermediaries. And... Uh, I think that is where the entire issue lies. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, often say that, oh, you know, people are against regulation. No, no one's against it. I mean, I think everyone yeah. would agree that social media platforms need to be regulated. Uh, as, for example, we can see with the recent Facebook disclosures, right? But the point is, what sort of regulation? Does it protect constitutional rights? Does it protect uh, human rights? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, that's sort of where the question, but that's why this, this entire debate needs to happen. Right. Makes sense. Um, so I guess uh, my next question is related to this. Uh, do you think that this whole clash, like for example, even the WhatsApp move, um, I think they also like move court against the rule. Um, do you think this clash between um, social media platforms and the government is one of free speech versus censorship or something like completely different? What are your thoughts on um, the fact that it's corporates who are kind of fighting? Uh, I just had a small thing to say here that, you know, you cannot make it that black and white. Right. Right. So one of the things, say, the platforms are finding fighting for is also not changing their architecture. Yes, Makes it sense. is, you know, to sort of enable free speech and not change E to E. But they're also trying to, you know, secure their interest, which is... Uh, Say there's an appointment of a grievance officer under the IT rules, right? right? Who has a very short time limit within which he or she or they has to sort of look at complaints, decide, give opportunity. It also puts a lot of onus on the intermediaries, right? Yeah. So you cannot really strictly put it into the bracket of free speech versus censorship. There is yeah. also private corporate interest involved, but of course, yes, it will help individuals. Yes, it will. Yeah. And now, yeah, I can take you through the details, yeah. Yeah, no, I think so. Let's let's take another uh, a more, uh, I don't want to say controversial example, but so for example, the blocking of the Twitter account of the 45th president of the United States of America, right? Twitter went ahead and blocked his account after whatever happened in, in Capitol, uh, Washington, D.C. But, you know, as, as was actually correctly pointed out, whichever way you look at it, if, if you believe that Trump had indeed been saying some very sort of polarizing thing, you know, he was promoting hate speech, whatever. 
why was Twitter doing taking such a step only then? When yeah. say he was, you know, whatever, two weeks away from the So it's it's about it's not like these these private companies also, you know, operate with transparency as we saw with the Facebook disclosures. Right. Like with any other company, they they off they they follow what's best for their uh, what's going to what's best for their balance sheet. Yeah, of uh, course. And if that means if that means playing convenient transparency at some points, uh, they will go ahead and do that. That means say being comfortable with certain governments more than more they more than what they should be. That is also something they'll do. And the the point rather than is not necessary to jump to okay okay so then the government needs to have control, but to for there for people. Through policymakers, these these platforms themselves, governments, and even I guess citizens of, of all all of us basically, there's a need to figure out okay what's a good good sort of mechanism to say okay if we want to stop hate speech, or we want to say stop you know uh, content that is potentially inflammatory, how do we do that in a way that doesn't trample upon our fundamental rights? Yeah. Because clearly. This government overreach way is going to swing one way, and uh, again, I try to repeat it, but it's just such a, such a mind-blowing thing. With these Facebook disclosures, it shows you what the dangers of the opposite. Yeah. So uh, I think people. I mean, and unfortunately, I don't know to what extent that debate is happening right now. I think the debate is mostly happening either people say people arguing for either of these views, and then there are people countering them just to say that you know, okay, no, this is this is what it's wrong, and that's a valuable fight. But actually, there's not actual real. It's more. It's more of a defensive sort of fight mm-hmm. that's happening, rather than an actual constructive debate about how can we regulate these platforms so that everyone is benefited. Right. That's the issue there. Yeah, and I guess you could tie this also into. Um, I remember at the point of the U.S. elections, Twitter was really like promoting, um, basically U.S. election related uh content, and you know, really uh tailoring their site to that. And I know now um, they were trying, recently they were trying out this new thing, which uh, if you said something controversial, uh, quote unquote, um, it would it would say kind of, um, are you sure you want to tweet this or, you know, it might it might cause some yeah. intense emotions or whatever. So. No, no, it's, it's very, I'll, I'll tell you something simple, right? Yeah. Uh, say, for example, uh, if you, if, if you take, if, if, for example, you're upset at a politician yeah. and you log on to your Twitter account and you decide to swear at them, you will face some sort of, you know, whatever, some sort of ban or block or some degree of some sort of muting. Right. At the same point, we have seen multiple instances in the, in the recent past where politicians on Twitter have put things on Twitter that are abominable. Yeah. Abominable or that they have directly tried to incite violence. Now, this is not obviously to say that, you know, swearing at someone, I mean, you shouldn't do that. But there is very clearly this this differential that operates and that differential obviously is mediated by, by power, money, whatever. And that... But I'll give you uh, an example that IFF sort of, you know, worked on. Uh, we rep- wrote a representation from actor and activist Sushant Singh to Twitter a while back. He had written a small tweet about farmers' protests like a small hashtag, which wasn't really, at least in our opinion, uh, uh, well, against the government. But his tweet was taken down without any notice to him on two occasions, one in, say, February and one in May. 
and yeah he wasn't told why it was taken down later on when he asked again he wasn't told why it was taken down so even the platform ka you know applying their policy is very arbitrary even if they have it written in their policy then they're going to afford a hearing they don't follow it so um yeah i mean that that makes a lot of sense and um i guess i guess you could also tie that into the fact that you see so many like minorities on instagram also getting their accounts suspended and i think um the uh, like some accounts are talking about like kashmiri rights and about about internet shutdowns in kashmir were also like banned i think the stand with kashmir page was banned at some point so that does make a lot of sense um yeah it just ties back to what rohan was saying basically you know yeah. there's no straight jacket formula that's that's being applied yeah so um i guess uh we're almost at the end of the interview so i guess i'll end by asking do you think that there is a way that social media platforms can still you know function this way but also be truly democratic or um like do you think that it's just going to be kind of either a money game or like a i mean obviously that it's not that different but like either a money game or like a government interest kind of playing favor game like what in 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 your opinion what is the ideal direction this could go to make social media more democratic so uh, if i may offer a slightly tangential point here you know there is this great sort of image of what is called the early internet which is whatever the 90s and 2000 there's some sort of great free you know unregulated space and that only in recent times has this sort of happened and uh, you know there's a couple of excellent scholars who recently also debunked this and shown that you know you always had regulation is this about which of those regulations are tilted and yeah. so i think right now what we are seeing is that that contradiction where generally these regulations are either favor the corporations or they favor governments who are trying to you know excessively uh, exert their influence and right now you know there i mean there of course there, there should be a way through there there should be you know a, a way where you have a very transparent and very openly sort of known about process for dealing with things from hate speech to other sort of other material uh and it you you should have then uh, a this sort of triumvirate of, of people government and these companies themselves holding each other accountable that you know okay if one of one of these oversteps then you know the other two pop in and restore the balance and like i said unfortunately for me the thing is that i don't see any discussions particularly in that direction uh because right now everyone's just firefighting or busy making trying to exert their influence in whatever way and uh, yeah one one hopes that that is that i mean that the future sees something different on that yeah makes a lot of sense i guess um you know there's a lot of work to be done in that direction to even establish what is hate speech because as you said it's so subjective right now if a politician says something it's completely fine so i guess there's a lot of you know of, like uh standardization that needs to happen um Well, I think I think you know if this is just one second uh, you know if if I may it's not like you know you'll hit the correct formula immediately I th- I mean this is a very political topic and and I mean ultimately uh 
I mean, this is going to be, I mean, in, I don't think there is any sort of neutral definition of this. But more importantly, I think one would like to see people trying. And then, okay, you would have some errors and then you could correct that. The issue is right now that that, that, that an attempt is not only is, is not happening at all. So that's, uh, yeah, quite, quite disappointing. That makes sense. Um, is there anything else, like, that you'd like to add that you think um, I should know about this topic? Yeah, I would urge, firstly, people to go... I mean, people who are concerned about this, even if you're not, say, a lawyer in policy, we, I would urge you to try and read the rules to some extent to sort yeah. of see what, what, what the Indian government is proposing. And I, I don't think these rules are particularly... Uh, I mean... So tough to read, and I mean, there are any good explainers out there, so ours included. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. I think it's important people read that. The flip side, I also think people should go and see, for example, the, the, the privacy policies or the other sort of hate speech policies of these platforms, and you know, decide is, is this are these policies acceptable to them, uh, and do they, I mean, or or whether there's a significant change needed, and you know, maybe at least then. At least among citizens, there'll be some sort of conversation about how to best take this forward. Right. And you know, the courts even haven't really decided on the IT rules yet. Even the small nitty-gritties of what they mean and what they could mean. So, you know, it could start a very interesting debate generally if people indulge more in, you know, understanding the rules, what they mean. Yeah. That is very true. But unfortunately, it is time to wrap up a very interesting and informative discussion. Thank you so much, Anandita and Rohan, for participating in our podcast shift. And you have given us and our listeners a lot of insight on how to think about democracy online and its future scope. Catch us next week for our next episode of Shift. Shift.